would turn in your Bibles to <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Beginning in verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you for uh, your word. What a powerful, powerful book we hold in our hands. And uh, we ask you to use it today to encourage your hearts, help us to, to learn some things from you that would be beneficial for our homes. And I just pray that you would accomplish your will and bring glory and honor to yourself. And uh, we're, we're just so grateful to you for your love for us and your unconditional love and the sacrifice that Jesus made on Calvary for us. We're just, we just can't thank you enough. We've, in, this, in this life, it's going to be impossible to really comprehend all you've done. But we thank you for your, your grace and mercy and pray that you'd have your way today in a special way and uh, touch our hearts with your word, with your spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to begin by saying a couple of quick things. Uh, number one, and I know because I've had the privilege of being out here and hearing other preachers preach, and I know how easy it is to say, I think he's targeting me. Um, and I think that <laughs> I think in some situations that was true. But uh, but I just want to clear the air here today for everyone. I'm not targeting anybody. I'm not thinking about your special situation and then trying to build a sermon around it. That's not it at all. The Lord laid this on my heart a couple of weeks ago. And I, um, I really believe this is something that, that we need to address and something that we need to encourage each other with. And so, uh, so if the devil whispers in your ear and, and says something like, he's, he's attacking you, that's not true. But if, if the shoe fits, wear it. You know, if the, if the word of God is hitting you where it, where it needs to hit you, accept it. And let the Lord do a work in all of us. Um, so we're going to be talking about the, the heart of a child. That's kind of, they, uh, they always ask for a title. Um, that's the best I could do. It's, it's really, um, I wouldn't call this so much a, a how to as I really thrive on how to messages, but this is not really a how to so much. I think it's a call. I think it's more of a call to prayer for parents to pray for your children grandparents to pray for your grandchildren. Uh, it's a call to prayer. And, you know, I've been in the ministry a long time now, and I've never had one parent ever tell me ever I prayed too much for my children. I've never had one. 
say, I prayed, I prayed too much. I think most of us would agree we probably haven't prayed enough. And so, um, so it's a call to prayer. It's a call to prayer. And it's, a, it's a, just a reminder of something, just a few little thoughts here um, as we kind of get going and get into this. That we're really just strangers passing through. Oh, by the way, let me just say this to you too. I, I wanted to mention this. And, I, and I've been doing this from time to time, but I want you all to be aware that uh, there are some excellent messages out there available. And Linda and I yesterday listened to one that was over an hour long. I couldn't believe it. It was about an hour and 15 minute message by Dr. John MacArthur. And it was on, uh, and it's, it's one of those things I, I tell Linda, I can't re-preach this. I've used a lot of the same verses but I'm not John MacArthur, and he has just got, he has such a grasp and a way to communicate the, the scripture. But uh, it was on, the title of it was something I don't remember exactly, but it was Should Women Be Pastors? And it was, it, it was excellent. Linda and I both sat there and listened to that because, listen, we're living in a day and age when, and he explains from the fall why women shouldn't be pastors. So it, I would encourage you, if you've got an hour and 15 minutes, say, oh, I don't have that kind of time. Well, you probably do. I would encourage you to look that up, and it would be good. I think it would be beneficial. And, and I'm going to be addressing it again, but it won't be a John MacArthur, but it'll be a lot of the same scriptures. So I would encourage you. But be reminded, we are just, we are pilgrims passing through we are not to be in, in uh, let this world, this, the thinking of the world get a hold on us and influence us away from the things of God. And, and the world is so, has such an ability to, and such an attraction. Uh, and that's my concern. That's what I'm, I'm wanting to address such an attraction for children and young people growing up, and then when they go off and they become adults, it's just it's just something we need to be aware of. That, and the scripture is so clear. Uh, I've got a couple here. One is uh, Hebrews thirteen fourteen. <clears throat> uh, for here have we no continuing city, but we seek one to come. There are so many scriptures. Y'all are. Uh, very aware of them, I'm sure. Uh, Hebrews eleven thirteen, these all died in faith, not <clears throat> having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. That is should be our mindset. We should not be too attached to the world and this world system. And, and we, we need to be careful as we go through life that we're not too drawn <clears throat> to this lifestyle, to this, to this world that we live. We're just pilgrims passing through. I would also remind you that um, if the Bible in 2 Timothy 3.12 says something like this, if, if we live a godly life, we're guaranteed we shall suffer persecution. So don't be surprised that if you stand for Christ, really stand for Christ, 
and people see a real difference in your lifestyle and the way you live, the promise of God, you know, we always want the promise he's going to supply our need and all these different promises, and we're looking for those. Well, there's a promise. If you live godly, you will suffer persecution. And we have to be careful, and I've preached on this a lot, we have to be careful that the suffering that we are getting is not because of our own bad attitudes and because of our own bad behavior. And so we have to discern if it's godly living, genuinely godly living, we're going to suffer persecution. But let's don't name and and say that, well, I'm being attacked and I'm just suffering persecution when it's something that's really my fault. Uh, another, 1 Peter 4, 12, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials, which is to try you as though some strange thing uh, happened unto you, but rejoice. So the point is, we shouldn't be surprised when Christians are attacked, believers are attacked for their godly living. And it, it should not catch us off guard. And just be reminded that God is still on his throne no matter what. Uh, He's not asleep at the wheel. And he is uh, taking care of business. And we need to find out his direction through his word, through his spirit. And we need to get on board with him. And so it's important that that we as parents then, we begin to understand some things that are very, very very important um, concerning raising children. Now, we've been here long enough to see little ones like we just saw singing and, and being so absolutely adorable, but then grow up and become teenagers and then get married eventually and have their own families and then live lives. We've, we, you know, I've, I don't do Facebook. Y'all know that, but people have said some that have come through this church, through these choirs, through the Sunday schools, through all the seminars and all the preaching have announced on Facebook or whatever. They didn't even believe in God. They didn't believe there's a God. And another thing that's happening that is uh, even we just heard of something most recent. And this is sad. This really breaks my heart that children that are raised in good homes, not perfect homes. I've not met a family of mother and father that are the perfect set of parents. I just hadn't met them. I mean, Linda and I look in the mirror and, and we come as close as anybody, but we're, I'm just kidding, <laughs> you know, and I, I, I tell her often, I say, you know, if everybody else was just as perfect as we are, you know, we wouldn't be in such a mess, would we? But, uh, but no, seriously, we just don't. And this is what breaks my heart. These young people have grown up and because of the schooling they got and the training they got and their parents, their parents just trying and listen, this is the generation that I come from. Listen, when I, when I went through high school and I went into the Navy and I came out and I'd gotten saved in boot camp, I'm going to tell you what, 
when I started growing, I started turning away from so many things that young people that have come through this church have started turning toward. We, we, when we got saved, we said, we see the fallacy of that. We see the sin in that. And we've turned away from it. And they're now embracing it. And sadly, these children, some, not all, but some, have the audacity to call the problem and the fault and, and the way they've turned out they're blaming their parents and their training. They're saying it's your fault that I'm the way I am. You know what? I have a message for all of them. Grow up. Just grow up and accept your own responsibility for your actions. Don't blame others. That's what, you know, I've told you this before, but this is a common statement when some criminal has committed a crime and the officer's putting handcuffs on him and he's saying, Officer, if you throw me in jail, you're going to ruin my life. Buddy, you ruined your own life. You ruined your own life. Don't blame him for that. So that's what I'm saying. But it's, it ha it's happening more and more and more. We've heard of even more recent where parents were blamed. Good people, not perfect people, did the best they could. But they were trying to avoid some of the lifestyle that we all grew up with, and we're saying we don't want that for our kids. We're trying to do better for them. And because of that, then the children have grown up, gotten married, and now they're blaming the whole thing on their parents and the way they were raised. So it's really, really uh, sad. So this is what we're talking about here. As parents, we have one shot at raising our kids. You're going to get one shot at it. And, and there, I don't know many people that would say, the way I did it from start to finish was the best way. But it was the way we chose at the time. And we, in my heart, I can just tell you, I, I've pastored a lot of different families in this church. And I'm going to tell you, their hearts have been right toward the Lord and toward trying to do the best for their family. They were just doing the best they knew how. <clears throat> but ultimately, 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 children grow up and they become adults and they'll start making decisions on their own. And there'll be a day, there'll be a day when you release them, whatever, however you work that out, you'll release them and they'll be making decisions for themselves. Now, let me just tell you, they will make some decisions that are different. If they were to ask you and say, what do you think I ought to do here? Which a lot of times they don't. You would probably say, don't do it that way. And they're going to do it the way they feel led to do it. And we're not going to agree with it 100% every time. We're not going to always agree to it. But here's the thing. This is, this is, what, this is what we've tried to really put into practice. Even if it's something that we don't agree with, it's not, there's no break. We just continue to love and unconditionally love each other and have relationship and sweet relationship with each other, even though the path may be a little bit different than I would have chosen. 
And, and it's important that that, that is, a, to me, so important to maintain a relationship and maintain uh, loving each other and expressing our love for each other. And, and our kids, our kids, when they make decisions, they know us so well. They know us. And they know that back home, when they were at home, we wouldn't have done it that way. But you know what? We've allowed... This is where, Dwight, I always think of you when I think of jurisdiction, because you and I have had so many conversations about it. But jurisdiction, that's where the jurisdiction thing comes in. It's their home now. It's their life now. It's they, they are accountable now for those decisions. It's their jurisdiction. And so we let them make their decisions. And God, listen, I'm going to tell you. Y'all have heard this, but do you realize that when we decided to homeschool, Linda's daddy, her daddy said, you're about to ruin three good kids. And we were going to homeschool. And my dad was on a school board in LaPorte High School. He, He was serving on the school board. And he was so, they were so concerned and so opposed and so against the direction that we were going. But we felt led. That was the direction that we needed to go. And so, and and later on, the proof comes out in the pudding. And they started seeing a difference. And so, anyway, we're going to, there, there's, there's an important message here that we, these, uh, Kids are going to grow up. They're going to make their decisions. And we've got a window of time to have influence on them and, and encourage them. We, there'll come a point where you have to take your hands off. You can no longer make them do something. You're going to have to realize that you can't decide for them. Uh, so... And, and again, you start thinking about the human heart. The human heart. The heart, this is in Jeremiah 17, 9 through 10. The heart is deceitful above all things. The heart. We're dealing with the child's heart. Just keep in mind, we need to be aware. All of us fight this. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart and try, I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his days. Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10. But then when, oh, and I looked in the, in the concordance. I, I didn't write all these down. But I looked at the concordance. I mean, do you realize how many scriptures there are about the heart? There's the proud heart, the merciful heart, the joyful heart. There are all kind of things about the heart. The deceptive deception that takes place in the heart. There's so many things about the heart. Do not harden your hearts. In Hebrews, do not harden your hearts. So what we're dealing with is a child growing up in our home, and it's important that we understand the condition of man's heart. 
But in Ezekiel 36, 25, and 27 through 27, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit with you, within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and to be careful to obey my rules. We get a new heart. And so when a child receives Christ, when a child receives Christ, it's important that we nurture and we encourage them. And, and it's important that we uh, help them along the way. So I've written down just a couple of things to think about uh, as we think about these, uh, these children that get saved and they're in our homes and, and they know us. This is what they know us better than anybody else. They know, they know us better than anybody else. So I would encourage parents, and this is, I think, the biggest, the biggest area as you're dealing with your children. I think the biggest area is to pray for your children. I think we need to pray for our children. I think we need to spend time praying for them, praying for their lives, for their future, for those that they'll spend uh, the rest of their lives with. We need to pray for them in a special way. We need to ask God for wisdom. And that's, uh, that's been one of my very basic prayers all through my Christian life. Once I discovered that verse, I've just about worn it out. Ask God for wisdom. And he gives all men liberally and upbraideth not. So we need to really cry out to God for wisdom as we are training our children, working with our children. And, uh, and we just, they, they need to, to, I think it's good for them to see us and hear us praying for them and asking God. I think it's important once you do a lot of the different spiritual things and once you are crying out to God for direction as you raise your children, I think they need, the children need to see you enjoying your home. I think they need to see you enjoying your home, your, your, your family. I think they need to see you enjoy things. Um, you know, it is so sad to me. I've met some very, and you know, this is kind of amazing. This church has had some very smart people come through here. I mean, some very, very smart people. And I've been their pastor, and that just blows me away because I, I call myself a barely graduate from high school. And, uh, and uh, you know, I've been the pastor of some very, very sharp people. And, uh, and obviously, they didn't join the church for my intellect. And uh, they, uh, they, they, it was God's spirit directing. But I've met a lot of people that they're so serious about everything. Everything is work. Everything is, you know, uh, down. Uh, there's no happiness. There's no real joy. There's no fun. There's no, you know, and again, please understand me. There's no silliness. I mean, and somebody said, oh, I can't believe he said that from the pulpit. He said parents are to be silly. No, you can really laugh with your kids and you can really have fun with your kids. And you can really... You know, it's like my mother, she, she used to say to me, and I can make this to the latter days of her life, she would, you know, we were over there with my sick dad and in the hospital bed for four years, in bed, 
<clears throat> hospital bed four years, and uh, and I'd go over there on my day and and all, and we'd be cutting up and stuff, and she'd say, Rod, are you going to ever grow up? And I would say, I hope not. <laughs> I hope I don't. You know, and it's like the, the, like the deacon. You've heard me say this a time or two. You know, we're at the deacon's meeting. And we're all surrounded in the First Baptist Laporte. And we're surrounded around the coffee pot. And everybody's getting their coffee before the big deacon's meeting. And, you know, this one guy, young guy, I was still a police officer at the time, Houston Police Department. And I was a deacon, had no business being a deacon. But uh, I was a deacon. And so we're all standing around. And, and Larry Lauks. He was just quoting scripture and talking to him about the Lord and, you know, just going on and on. And one of them said, it's okay, Larry. One day you'll slow down and you'll be like the rest of us. I mean, what kind of hope is that? I mean, what kind of home do you have going on here? If your kids don't see you enjoying your family, they need to know you can have fun in our house. Not goofy, not wild, not dumb, but genuine fun, genuine laughter. You, they see you. Uh, they know you. They already know your shortcomings because they see you lose your temper. And by the way, I think one of the biggest problems, and this is from kind of a little bit of experience, finding out some things later that I didn't know about families, I think what really does a lot of damage to children, not, not 100%, and it's not uh, always, but I think some, they see the hypocrisy in their parents. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? They see you as a hypocrite when you and the spouse, y'all are just going at it. And there's no reconciliation. There's no asking for forgiveness. There's no admission of failure. And then you get to church and you've got on your, you know, your tie and your, you know, blue and white and, you know, praise God. And, you know, you're singing the hymns and, and all this stuff. And your kids are sitting there thinking, well, you know, just 48 hours ago, mother and daddy were just really at it. I mean, they were going at it. And I think that I really believe in the long haul, and kids are very forgiving. Children are very forgiving, but they see us in a light that most of our church members don't see. They see us the way we really are. And it's important. And, and another thing, I'm not really sticking with my notes too well today for some reason. I've got all these notes, but this is kind of, you know, like I'm just kind of letting loose here. Is that, could that be being led by the Spirit, do you think? <laughs> Thank you, Nina. We prayed for you this week too, several times. <clears throat> Write this down, mark it down. Outward conformity is easy to accomplish. And I've seen it, I've observed it. I've seen families come through this church where they walk in and their little kids line up like little tin soldiers and you would think, man, that's the model home. Outward conformity is 
easy to accomplish. One of the things, I'll just throw this at y'all. One of the things I've done with Julie's kids and with Brian's kids. uh, When we have them for maybe, you know, more than a day or two, I just say, let's play boot camp. And they love it. You know, you would think, oh, that's so hard. And and Mama and, you know, they're all saying, Rod. I can't believe you made. And so we teach them things like when Mama comes to the table, everybody stands up and you stand at attention behind your chair. But you stand, you rise when the lady comes to the table. I learned that from Doug Meyer, by the way. I didn't read an etiquette book. Doug Meyer taught me that. And I still don't do it as much as I should. But, but anyway, so, so there, you know, and we'll, I mean, I'll give them a command to say, yes, sir. You know, about peace. And they do all this stuff at ease, parade, wrist. I mean, all this stuff. And these grandkids are doing this stuff. And Linda's over there, you know, like cringing. They, oh, this is so hard. <laughs> you know, I can't believe he's doing that to these poor kids. And I've done it to Julie's kids. And now Joshua's 26. And, you know, and, and uh, Brian and, and Leah's kids. And so we, you know, it's been fun. But they, they all, they, a lot of times they'll say, Granddaddy, can we play the quiet game? I say, oh, sure we can. Let's start right now. You know, <laughs> you know, and they want to play Granddaddy, may I? You know, Granddaddy, may I? You know, and they'll line up and I'll say, take two steps forward, <clears throat> you know, and, and we go through all this, <clears throat> but Outward, how did I get on that? I don't know. Outward conformity is easy to achieve in most situations. It's the heart change that we're concerned about. Because you can have someone that's like little tin soldiers marching in, and when they become adults, if their heart hasn't been touched by the Lord Jesus Christ, they're going to go their own way. Did y'all hear that? They're going to have to have a heart change. We can, Scripture is very, very clear. Do not harden your hearts. Let me just, and I think hardness of heart can come from, you know, unconfessed sin. Um, This is uh, other verses, but uh, Hebrews uh, 3, 8, harden not your hearts. As in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. And it goes on to explain. We can harden our hearts. Children can harden their hearts. I think they can harden their hearts over parents being hypocrites. Because, you know, here's the thing. And, And I'm not bragging about this. But I hold the record, I think, of any man in this church of asking my kids for forgiveness. And you say, well, why would you think you hold the record? Because I broke their hearts more times than any other father. But you know what God did to me? He would break me and make me realize how awful that was in the sight of these children. And I would literally fall on my face. I would get on my knees and I'd say, I am so sorry. I have failed you as your father. I've failed you as a parent. 
and I've broken your heart and I've been I've been genuinely wrong. Would you please forgive me? And whatever they remember when I'm gone, I know they'll remember that. Because I had to ask a lot. I had to ask forgiveness a lot. And folks, I've met some daddies that just very sincerely have told me, I've never asked my kids for forgiveness. They've told me, I've never asked my kids for forgiveness. I think that's a sad state of affairs. When a dad is unwilling to humble himself and say to his family, I have been wrong. I have been wrong. And I've observed it. I've seen it. Outward conformity. And I've also seen as they become young adults and they decide to go their own way. And again, <clears throat> and again, and I'm not going to get on and I, I'm not attacking anybody on doctrine but I, that's why I believe in the free will of man, because I've seen them raised in some of the best homes and, and I see them making choices. And they make some really bad choices about alcohol and dress and all kind of things, music. And they choose to go their own way. They choose to go a way, a different way. I'm not saying a perfect way. I'm not saying you have to follow your parents 100%. I'm just saying follow the Lord. So the order should be this on the heart. The order should be this. You know, I used to always say, and, it, and I do think it's a fine line. We, we're to train them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. It's a fine line. But... I've often said, parents, you need to have the heart of your children. And that is a true statement. But it's more important that God has their heart. God needs to have their heart. So, so as we think about what we're saying here today and what we're talking about here today, and all the, the children that have come through here and now they're adults and now they have their own kids... It's, it's essential if they're ever going to follow the Lord and walk with the Lord and go deeper with the Lord. See, my desire, my heart is I want my kids to go deeper with the Lord than I have been. Right? You know, parents say, I just want my kids to have it better than, I, than we had it growing up. On a spiritual realm, I want them to go deeper. I want them to go deeper than dad ever went. And so the Lord is going to need to have their heart. He's going to have, and that's why I say, I'm not going to give you one, two, three, four, five, six steps on how to get your children to have the heart of God and God to have their heart. I'm not going to tell you that, but I'm going to tell you that you better make it a matter of prayer because if God doesn't get their heart pretty quickly through the, the training and through the, the, your life, if God doesn't have their heart, then when they get off and they're adults and they're making their own decision, Satan's going to get their heart. And he's going to have his way with them. 
And our country is in a mess. Our nation is in a mess. And the church is the only hope for any possible. And I don't, I don't really anticipate a change. I, I just don't think politicians are going to be able to solve this problem. I, think, I don't think that another president's going to change much. It's people are thinking. And so we want to do our part. We've got this little window of time with our children, and we need to be, be concentrating on the fact that when our kids grow up, what do you want for them? I want God to have their heart. I want to have their heart too, but I want God to have their heart. And when they grow up, and if God has their heart, guess what? They're going to follow Him. And the world is going as I'm telling you, the world is going crazy over all the stuff that's going on. I mean, such confusion, whether you're a man or whether you're a woman. I mean, it's it's crazy. And this is trickling down into little elementary school situation. This is horrible what's happening. I can't imagine God just sitting back and not zapping our nation. I can't, I, I can't imagine it. And so we really, really need, I can't do a lot for the college students in California, but I, we can have an impact on our kids at home. And I challenge you, I challenge you, pray, cry out to God. And my wife, we were talking about this message Here's the next. Pray. But this is probably very super important. And she actually pointed this out. I would have said it. I know I would have thought about it. But she said it first. Our kids need to see us living it out. They need to see us living the Christian life. The genuine Christian life. They need to see us. And folks, I'm just going to be very transparent and very honest with you. I believe it is you're playing right into the devil's hands. If you sit around, who even has a dinner table anymore? But if you're sitting around your house and you're talking bad about other brothers and sisters in Christ, shame on you. Shame on you. Because you know what? You're teaching your children that's okay behavior to criticize another brother or sister in Christ. Roast preacher and roast elder and roast this and roast that. Your kids don't need to, they don't need to hear you bad-mouthing and sowing seeds of discord in your home. You're going to look up one day and you're going to say, I wonder why my kids have drifted off. Well, I can tell you one of the reasons why your kids have drifted off, because you showed them how to do it. It's important that they see a genuine, this is a moment in time, a window for them to up close and personal see a real Christian living the real Christian life. This is their opportunity to see somebody really live it. 
and not be one way at home and another way at church. Is any of this making sense? I did not follow my notes. <laughs> I just, I have such a burden. I have such a burden for families. And I mean, I've seen it. I've watched them. I've seen the heartbreak. I've seen the parents cry over their kids. Now, I just want to say, parents, when they become adults and they go their own way and they do things you wouldn't approve of and you, did, you don't approve of, you don't need to let the devil beat you up over failures that you did. You did the best you could. You tried your hardest. You were f trying to follow the Lord the best way you knew how at the time. And I promise you, we're all individually accountable for our decisions. Stop blaming each other for the way we turn out and for the way we act. It's not your fault. We could have all done better. We could have all prayed more. We could have all been a better example. But ultimately, you know what? And, and again, I want to be very, very careful. I wasn't even raised, Carolyn and I, when we were raised, I, my parents sat me down, sat us down in the kitchen to listen to a radio preacher for a big portion of our lives. We didn't even go to church. We went to church. I went to church, community church, for some, and I told y'all, I received a five-year pen I received a five-year for faithful attendance in Sunday school for five years. And it might have been my fault, but I never heard the gospel one time. I never heard the gospel one time. And my dad, he decided, okay, this would be better than sitting there and listening to this stuff. They now have, have had, I, I don't know, female pastor, woman pastor. I know they've had one at least along the way. But... <clears throat> So we listened, and I'm going to tell you, we weren't raised in what you, what you kids have. It's like someone said the other day, this is an oasis. People really don't understand what they've got here. So it's not perfect, I promise you. It's not perfect because we're all here. But let me just encourage you folks, let's spend some time, let's be aware the heart is deceitful. Let's be aware. Our children's hearts are fragile. And they see us living uh, this hypocritical, phony, you know, one way here and another way there. We, they see us. Let's, begin, let's start fresh. The altar is available. Let's start fresh. Let's pray for our families. Let's pray for our kids. Let's pray for our church. Let's pray that God would do something special and their walk with God would be deeper than ours has ever been. And I think we could all agree to that. Wouldn't that be wonderful if our children had a deeper walk with God than what we've had? Praise the Lord. So you young people, hang in there. Don't let the devil get your ear. And when you look at your parents, I can tell you, 
I can tell you for sure they're not perfect. But I know most of them very well. And I'm going to tell you, they have a heart for God and they want the best for you. And sometimes the best means, no, you can't do that. And sometimes the best means, no, you can't have that. And the best for you means, no, you can't participate in that. So let's, let's, let's be encouraged today. Let's see what God wants to do. We've got a fresh, brand new group, a new crop, as they say. Young children coming up. Let's see them turn into giants for the Lord. Spiritual giants. Let's, let's spend some time in prayer, thinking about the future of our church and our families. And let's, let's realize that outward conformity, you can make them all day long, just like boot camp. But when it comes down to it, they become adults and they decide they can walk away at any time. So let's have our invitation. Let's pray and let's do business with God and let's let God have his way. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the encouragement. We thank you that we're just pilgrims passing through. Thank you that we've been told, commanded to bring our children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And I pray, Father, that we would be aware that these little tender hearts, these hearts that can be deceived so easily, these hearts that are so fragile and can be hardened over time, that they see us, they see the real us. And I pray, Father, you'd break our hearts over our hypocrisy and help us to repent, help us to turn away from that kind of lifestyle and help us to humble ourselves and admit to our children when we're wrong. Admit to them that we failed. This was unchristlike. I pray families would be encouraged and restored and children would eventually have their hearts and their minds set like fixed like a flint on the person of the Lord Jesus. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy and your watch care over us. We pray that if anyone's lost, they'd be saved before it's eternally late, too late for them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, let's